New studies show blood pressure shot up during the pandemic, and we also know the pressure COVID-19 has placed on mental health. So what can we do in the new year to reverse the impact? Joining me today are two experts in primary care and preventive medicine, Dr. Jacqueline Albin and Dr. Bethany Agasala. I look forward to our conversation. Dr. Albin, you treat patients of all ages. What are you seeing as the biggest health strains? The biggest strains I'm really seeing across the whole age spectrum have to do with this interplay of our physical and mental and emotional health. Stress and anxiety have been higher than I've ever seen them before. Most of my patients, and especially children, come in with a physical symptom and they're complaining about digestion. What makes a child or teen give us the the sign or symptom that they're maybe not okay is when they're struggling with schoolwork or sleep or relationships or the activities that they normally do. Certainly getting that emotional help and, and mental health support through counseling, their lifestyle habits that they can begin to set up to reduce the stress and anxiety. And we really have a lot of hope to bring in that context. Dr. Agasala, many patients uh, postpone wellness or checks or physical exams, routine physical exams during the pandemic. Are those getting back to normal? Thankfully, I am starting to see patients coming back. I think particularly at UT Southwestern, we've done a really great job of making sure that things are safe. Screening, of course, is really important to catch disease early when it's very treatable. So I worry about what we may see from, you know, care that was postponed from 2020 to now. Don't delay, but just get in and we'll help you. Dr. Alvin, there's an evolving scientific literature, medical literature about blood pressure going up during the pandemic. What do you think is behind that? Certainly the stress and anxiety that everyone has been experiencing in different ways can be manifest in things like blood pressure. We often think of blood pressure as, well, this is my genetic risk, or it's because I eat a little too much salt, but it's a lot of things about our lifestyles and our stress management and relationships are a huge aspect. The other common factor that is really modifiable is the coping strategies that we use for stress. So my patients have been telling me, hey, I'm I'm drinking more, I'm watching too much TV, I'm on my device all the time, or maybe they're eating a lot of comfort food as a stress mitigation strategy. So it's a great time as we move towards a new year to commit to some coping strategies that can improve things like high blood pressure and also reduce stress at the same time. So I encourage people to talk to their physician about really a broad approach to improving things like high blood pressure as we move forward. Dr. Agasala, you specialize in lifestyle medicine. What exactly is that? We know that about 80% of chronic diseases can be attributed to lifestyle factors. And in lifestyle medicine, we focus primarily on six pillars, improving nutrition, increasing physical activity, improving the quality and length of sleep, doing some of those stress management strategies, reducing risky substances like tobacco, alcohol, and also having healthy social connections. So by addressing these pillars, we're helping people you know, improve their health. And really that is the foundation of good health. Dr. Albin is director of UT Southwestern's culinary medicine program. Tell us about the science of food and what that program does. There's the art of cooking and food preparation, and then there's the science of nutrition and the health effects of food. And it's about bringing together those two things to say we can create delicious, nutritious, affordable food 
that drives improvements in health from both a prevention and a disease treatment lens. And it's really impactful when you recognize that the research is clear in the US, the number one cause of early death is diet. That is our top risk factor. We have to change something about the way we consider food when we're considering health and when we're considering treatment of disease. So culinary medicine is all about teaching people how to transform their health and feel empowered through food. And it's through a positive narrative, not taking away things that you enjoy, but helping you reframe your relationship with food as one of abundance and how you can incorporate the stuff that might be missing. Dr. Agasala, beyond the obvious things of not smoking, exercising, eating better, um, what are other things that we should be thinking about as we work to improve our long-term health? Sleep is so important. It's just critical for your overall well-being and energy levels. If you're tired, first thing you should think about is, am I getting enough sleep? And we want to make sure people are getting around seven to nine hours. You know, some people need a little less, some people need more, but that's a pretty good number. And then the other piece that I would highlight would be stress management. We see so many people, you know, pre-pandemic, but especially now dealing with a lot of stress related to the various aspects of life. So it's very important for people to have a way that they can lower their stress levels, whether that's through exercise, whether that's through, you know, doing a hobby or activity they enjoy. Those are kind of two key pieces that I would add to, you know, our whole idea of don't smoke, eat right and move more. Dr. Alvin, what are the things that we should really emphasize when we're talking about healthy lifestyles with our children? The power with a child is about putting words to things that they often feel very alone about inside their minds. Help them learn to name emotion, and you can even give it to them. Say, I would be frustrated about that too, or that must have been disappointing. And then children are often inspired by music. You can turn the mood in a, in a grumpy household if you have a quick dance party and you also got them to move by doing that. You can begin to give them the, the, the toolkit to be successful at managing their emotions and their stresses without feeling overwhelmed. Dr. Robin, do you have any advice for parents on how to teach their kids to like and eat healthy foods? Children are often afraid of something new. And if you stick with, hey, I know they eat this and this. So I'm going to put one or two bites of something new on every plate, but it doesn't feel threatening because they're getting this, the foods I know that they're comfortable with and that they eat. So don't give up easily. And remember, they're watching what you're eating over there too. And we want to model the behavior of trying new foods as adults so that children feel like they're just part of the team. Dr. Agasala, as we look to the new year, are there things you and your family are doing for health and wellness for next year? You know, this is the time where we're thinking about our New Year's resolutions and our health goals for the year. So instead of saying, you know, I'm going to exercise more, get really specific. Say, I'm going to walk for 15 minutes on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays after work. Same with measurable. If you're very specific, you'll be able to, to find out whether or not you did that. For achievable, you want to make sure that you're doing something that sounds reasonable for you and that you're not setting the bar too high and getting yourself discouraged. Relevant, you want to make sure that these goals are focused on better health. And then time-based, 
it's often good to kind of set a goal for yourself as far as how long you're going to start doing this habit. So for our example, walking for 15 minutes, three times a week for a month. And I think it's really great to get your physical activity outside um, because we've we've seen in research that exposure to nature, um, what the Japanese might call forest bathing is really um, beneficial for your mood and for your stress relief. So I wanna thank you both for joining us and for giving us all this good advice for a happy and healthy new year. Absolutely, thank, thank you. you. Until next episode, stay safe and stay healthy.